the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, episode 492? Yeah, 492. Yeah. For March 9th. Sunday, March 9th, 2014. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab, the show where you send in questions, tips, and cool stuff found we do our level best to answer your questions, share your tips, share your cool stuff found. And together, the goal is to learn something new each and every time we come together. Today, we're going to lower the bar. We the, the time has changed and we're all trying to get used to that this week. So so we only expect you to learn one new thing. Uh, but but if you do learn more, that is a OK by us. This show is uh, this episode, I should say, because the show is the whole thing, whereas the episode is uh you don't care about our internal vernacular, do you? Uh, this episode is sponsored by Gazelle. Gazelle.com, where you can sell off all of your old unused Apple stuff and turn it into cash. And we'll tell you a little bit more about them later. And also by Linda, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash M-G-G, where you can get a uh, free week of their training videos. Uh, excellent stuff that they make there at, uh, at Linda here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairful, Connecticut, where someone seems to have stolen an hour from me. Yes, the little people. John F. Braun. How you doing, John? Again, my timeline's been disrupted. I'm yeah. Very upset. John, do, uh, to make up for the extra hour uh, that we lost. It, in, back here in Durham, New Hampshire, to add to the confusion is Pilot Pete. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. It's always nice being had. It's uh, you've been had. Uh, you thought you were going to learn stuff about the Mac today. So, um, John, I, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to apologize right out of the gate. I'm, I'm in total fog mode. I'm hoping that, that this will kind of get me going, but my brain has been uh, overtaxed this week in a, in a lovely way. John, I've been doing this show uh, at a, lo- a local theater production of next to normal, which is a play on Broadway and, and now is, in I, I don't know if they call it syndication or whatever, but uh, you know somebody around here rented the book for it and uh, and is putting on a local production. So I'm playing drums in it, and the drum parts are crazy hard. It's like really weird stuff, odd time signatures and weird counts all over the place. But um, to make it somewhat related to the show here, uh, I am so they they gave me a book uh, of of drum charts, a, a paper book, and the deal is it's rented, so the book has to go back. At the end of the show, and it says in the book, as it always does in these Broadway books, when you get them, um, only write in it with pencil and erase all your marks when the uh, when the show is over. It's like, oh yeah, okay. So it's been about ten years since I've done theater, John. And uh, and in the past, what I would do I, is I would go uh, down to like the local copy stores or Staples or whatever, and I'd give them the book because it's like spiral bound, and they would use their little machine and take the spiral bound out. They would make a copy of the book for me for about 20 bucks or whatever it was. And then they'd reuse their machine and re-spiral bind it. And then I had this pristine copy that I could hand back. I didn't have to mark up. And then I had my own copy and I didn't have to erase stuff out of it. I could do whatever I wanted. I could tear pages out if we were skipping songs, you know, so that mid show I can just blaze through this thing. Staples says, uh, do you have a release letter? Like, well, no, let me go write you one. <laughs> yeah. And right. And they're like, well, this is copyrighted. 
like, oh, okay, but you know, <laughs> this, this is what everybody does. And it's how sort of how the business works. And they're like, yeah, uh, we can't do these anymore. Cause, cause uh, we, we need a release letter on file. So, and I was going to have them scan it to PDF this time. So yeah. I could do it on my iPad. Yeah. And, uh, and I was ready to pay him. It was going to be like 25 bucks. And they said, no, we can't do it without a release letter. So on the way home, I was with my son and he's like, you know, you, you could just make up a release letter on your computer, dad, like at a boy, but no, we're not going to do that. <laughs> um, that would be wrong, son. So, uh, I got on, I got on the Googles, John, and I searched around and I found a website called pianofiles.com, which is sort of a marketplace is the wrong, wrong term, but, but it's a place where people that are doing this type of thing regularly and have either on their own scanned PDFs or somehow otherwise gotten PDFs of all of these books, they go and and you join the site and you just register what you have. And then if someone like me comes in and is looking, uh, it's meant for people to trade uh, PDFs back and forth. No money exchanges hands. So, you know, that level of impropriety is dealt with, um, even though, yes, there is some copyright violation going on, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, these people just say what they have. So I, I found there were, you know, 50 people that had the drum book for next to normal. And, and I just asked like two of them, Hey, you know, I don't have anything to trade. I'd really like this. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. And uh, both of them just emailed me the PDF. So now I use my iPad during the show, John, and I use an app called four score F O R S C O R E. And it's really, really cool. Um, it will work with pedal based uh, like Bluetooth uh, um, uh, page turners, but it's, it's a cool app. I can do all kinds of notes in it and, um, and I can, you know, I can scroll through pages and it, it, you know, that part of it works great. And, uh, but I can also put it into uh, performance mode where the only thing that will happen is turning pages. So I can't get, uh, okay. you know, so that I, I don't get stuck in things. And it's, um, it's really, really cool. Uh, I love the app. I love the, the way it works. And I'll tell you, I don't need to worry about putting a light on my stand sure. if I'm in the dark because the iPad is lit up. And I think the app was like six bucks or something. How do you kill all the other background apps, too, to keep it from? That's, you know, when I started asking about this, some friends who do theater said, okay, yeah, whatever app you use, airplane mode. Do not disturb mode. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, sound off because the last thing you need is it for, to, you know, for your iPad to grab some public Wi-Fi, you know, signal and suddenly you're getting Twitter notifications yeah. and email. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, that would be very bad. Yeah. 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 Especially at a time where there's like a funky page turn or whatever. So. Yes. Oh, that's cool. So that's it is. Cool. It's been cool. But I'm a little fried. I've done that. This was tech week and then we just had opening weekend or we're in the midst of opening weekend, I should say. And uh, so I've, I've done the show every night since Tuesday and I have one more tonight and then we're off till Friday. So, so that's what the, I've been. Someone in the chat room says, try unreal book. Unreal book. All right. Yeah. I'll put that on the list. So yeah, I'm yeah, guessing yeah. there's one or two other performers out there in the audience that may enjoy that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it was a Mac Geekab listener that, that uh, suggested this four score app when I, cause I had, you know, I, it had been a, oh, certainly Long before the iPad was uh, was ever a reality for us uh, was the last time I did this. So, so yeah, so that's cool. It, uh, the people in the in the pit thought I was crazy for doing it on an iPad, and now they're like, "That's actually uh, really cool because you know you're not making noise with page turns or anything." So, 
It's fun stuff. It's amazing how that device has changed all of our lives in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I carry 70 pounds less paper. The airplane carries about 300 pounds less paper. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. It saves millions of dollars a year in fuel. Isn't that so? Um, yeah. You know, system-wide, obviously, but. Fun. Um, and it, plus it's easier to read and it's faster. It's more accurate to do changes. Yeah. Less likely to miss a change because it's all done and yep. and sent in there for you. Whereas you used to spend, you know, I don't know, gosh, two hours every two weeks changing 300 pages out of your jet binders. Oh, seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was brutal. I mean, it get, uh-huh. you know, a lot of people made extra money changing pilots' jet binders oh, for them, just you know. As, yeah. a, as, an, uh, as an, a third-party as, service exactly. kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, isn't yeah. that interesting? Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, there's always these little cottage industries. Yeah. Huh. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, so actually, it's funny you say cottage industry. I was, before I found piano files, I was going to pay one of my kids to scan all 100 pages of this book in for me. And my son was like, awesome. It's like, you'll pay me 25 bucks to do that. Like, yeah, yeah I, I will. But, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah no, I do. So several of the flight ops assistants and all that kind of stuff. They make thousands a year in cash. You're right. Because they do, you know, 12 or 15 pilots. Yeah. At, at 30 bucks a month or 40 bucks a month. I don't even remember what they charged. But, Isn't that cool? Yeah. All that went away. <laughs> sorry. Right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, that's, I mean, that's how it is with. Yeah. It's the buggy whip. Industry. With technology. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. All right, John, what are you up to over there? You've been you've been quiet. Do you have wake enough up, caffeine John. yet? Wake back up. I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting to, to roll. Well, we're rolling. Here we are. We're talking about technology and how it's changing our lives. It's what we do. It's what we do. You know, you don't. Now, I know at one point in time, maybe three or four months ago, you were sort of dipping your toe into the water of considering getting an iPad at some point. Is that, is that still uh, in your world, my friend? Mm. Not really. No, huh? No, I'm very happy with my uh, iPhone. Well, I know you're happy with it, but you're missing out. No, dude. It's like looking at your data through a straw. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. It's Perhaps. the iPad's the perfect like couch computer yeah. kind of thing. That, that's, that's what my MacBook is. Well, that, yeah, that's too big to be that. That's too big. That, those aren't desktop. Those aren't actually laptops. Although my 11 inch air man is close to a that, close second. Oh, no, that that's def- <laughs> definitely true. The air is is a yeah. it, an excellent couch computer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And with the full size keyboard, I was so reluctant to go to the 11 inch air. And mm-hmm. within a day, I didn't even notice the nope. reduced size of the screen. No. Nope. Yeah, it's good to go. It's good to go. Cool. All right, Chris. Uh, let's see. You know what? Before we go to Chris, let me let me take this moment and tell you uh, about Gazelle at gazelle.com. When you go to Gazelle, the first thing it asks you is, what do you want to buy or what do you want to sell? It, there, there is no uh, tell us who you are. Uh, let me tell you who we are. I mean, there's all of that if you want to find it. They've streamlined the process, whether you visit on your Mac or on your iPhone or your iPad in between, uh, the user interface is tailored to whatever device you're on. And it's super easy. I have gone through the entire process from visit gazelle.com, tell it what device you want. Uh, and, and you start with a category, you know, is it a, a tablet, a phone, a laptop, and you narrow down and okay, what model, how, how much Ram, 
does it have this feature? Does it have that feature? Are you going to send us the charger? Are you going to keep that? You know, what condition is it in? I've gone through all of that on my iPhone to the point where it gives me a quote. I say, yay or nay. If you say, yay, great. Then they ask you who you are because they need to send you a box. And that's what happens next. No money from you. They don't even have your, your credit card number. What they get from you is your either your, well, they certainly get your address to send you the box or they get you. Uh, and, and if you'd like, you give them your PayPal account uh, or they can send you a check if you don't want to use PayPal or, or, or don't have PayPal. And, uh, and the whole process just happens. And so, you know, you'd spend maybe 90 seconds on the website telling them about your device. And then two days later, a box shows up. You put your device in the box, follow the instructions. It has all the packing tape, all the packing materials, the address label, everything that you need to get your device back to them is in the box with one notable exception. And that being your device. All you do is put the device in the box, goes back to them, and then they get it. They tell you they've gotten it. They evaluate it to make sure that what was in the box is what you all, you all sort of agreed was going to be in the box. And if it is, boom, you get your money. And their customer service there is absolutely fantastic. We, I can't tell you how many of your listening brethren have written to us to tell us about weird things that they as customers have caused that Gazelle has just totally made up for and, uh, you know, gone out of their way to to do things for uh for for all of all of our listeners and and we love that it's great uh, I love to have advertisers or it's the service that I use and then when I hear from you folks you use it and uh, and you have good experiences with it so check them out gazelle.com throughout the checkout process once you've kind of once you're giving them your your name and address they'll ask you where you heard about the show make sure you tell them at geekab of course please and uh, and they like to know that too because lets them sort of keep a keep a barometer on on how things are going here so check it out gazelle.com and with that chris take us away hello mac geekab this is christopher with macworks in minneapolis i was just listening to show 491 and your geek challenge regarding doing an automated backup to an encrypted disk image you can use carbon copy cloner to do this um what you would want to do first is open carbon copy cloner then uh, on the source side the left side you would choose the choose a folder option then navigate to the folder that you uh, want to archive or back up on a regular basis then over on the right you'll choose a new disk image which will give you the option to uh, encrypt it and also it will give you the option of storing that password in your keychain that's important because every time Carbon Copy Cloner is going to run this back up, it needs to be able to mount that disk image, and the only way to do that would be if the password was stored in your keychain. Then simply save that disk image inside a Dropbox and set your schedule, and boom, there you have it. Thanks a lot for the great work, you guys. Have a good day. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. That's, uh, I, that's good to know. That's, that's how we learn. So I really appreciate you sending that stuff in. Hopefully it helps out uh, all of your fellow listening brethren as well as us here in the TMO Towers East, as it were. Did you mess with that at all, John? No, I use Carbon Copy Cloner, but no, I have, I have not. Uh, do, I do you look into that? Do you encrypt mm. your backups, John? 
Currently, no. It's just the just the straight backup. Okay, <clears throat> and and you're backing up uh, to your disk station, right? So you're backing up over over the network, not over USB or FireWire or anything like that, right? Well, on uh, on one machine, um, the mini, I, I do both a Time Machine and a Carbon Copy Cloner. Right, right, right. But no, they're not encrypted. I guess don't really feel a need. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I'm trying to think. I guess I'm not encrypted here either, to be honest with you. Um, I'm trying to think it through. No, I'm not. I have considered encrypting the Synology volume that those things go to, but I have not. I could. It's all doable. Checkbox and you're good to go kind of thing. But uh, Same thing on Time Machine, right? Just a checkbox and then put in the password. Yes. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, you know, and that's actually the thing. I'm... I think I have checked that box in Time Machine. There's no reason not to. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I have. So in that sense, yes, yes, they are definitely encrypted. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, I recently enabled File Vault on, the, uh, on my MacBook, on, on uh, Mavericks. And so that's, and, uh, that's a 2008, early 2008, right? Right. And how did you, and, and you're still on a spindle drive in there. Did you notice any performance uh, degradation turning on File Vault at all? Awesome. Awesome. That's great. That's great. I've been using it for years and love it. And it, you know, the only thing is that there's occasionally times when you need to do some kind of disc maintenance or something like that, that it becomes an issue. Yeah. Um, not insurmountable. You, no, not insurmountable, but you definitely need, if you call in Apple care, you need to tell them, Hey, you know, I'm by the way, file vault is on that yeah. helps them a lot. That's yeah. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, if you're calling Apple Care to deal with anything that where where that might matter, yeah. mention it ahead of time. Yeah, because they they'll start giving you steps, and three steps in, you can't do them. Because, you can't do, right. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you missed the first six. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I um I only run File Vault on my MacBook Air, and I intentionally got the i7 chip in that. Uh, because it has the AES 256 hardware engine. So all the file vault encryption and decryption happens in hardware. So I, if, I'm really glad to hear, John, that you're not noticing any perceptible uh, speed delta on a chip that clearly was not built with uh, with any special provisions for, for file vault. Right, John? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think even this chip, you know, executes it quick enough where you're mm. not going to, uh, you know, it's a 2.6 gig dual core. So. Right. And you're not maxed out all the time. It, you know, it's not, no, like you're not trying to, trying to file vault while you're, uh, while you're also encoding handbrake. Although I guess you would be right. If, if you were doing a handbrake, um, encode and you were saving to your local disc file vault would be running. Yeah, sure. At the same, sure. right? I mean, anything that maxes out your processor while you're writing to the disk. Well, is it is it running? I mean, in a sense, it is. But well, when you are writing to your local disk, it's not encrypting as long as you're absolutely. Open, it is. Right? Oh, I thought it. Okay. Yeah. Encry- yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah makes yeah. sense. Sorry, I had to think that through. Sorry. No, it's it's it's. <laughs> listen, with, with where my head's been, you yeah. had me questioning. Like, oh no. Yeah. No, because I'm thinking, well, you're open, so everything that's up in RAM is obviously decrypted, you know, and that's right. that's presented on the screen. But yeah, things that are going to the, the drive and obviously any, need to be any back and forth encrypted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Rob had uh, another solution for that same problem from episode four ninety one. 
Uh, he says, uh, I don't know if the following would work for what the person was looking for, but maybe depending on what they were trying to achieve. There is a Mac app called Box Cryptor that will encrypt your files for storage on Dropbox or another cloud service. I started using using this when I learned that Dropbox has the encryption keys for all the files stored on their servers, on, which is true. On your Mac, it creates an encrypted image, which is then synced to Dropbox or SkyDrive or Google Drive, etc. There is also an iOS app for accessing these special images. Uh, as, and as if you try to get them through Dropbox, they will be encrypted. Of course, there is Boxcryptor and Boxcryptor Classic. But I do know, uh, I don't know what the difference is as I use the classic version. I've been using it for about a year and haven't had any issues with it. So that's pretty cool. We'll put that in the show notes, John. I like that. It's good stuff. Box Cryptor. Encryption cloud storage. I'm trying to figure out how much it is. It can't be free. Uh, pricing. That's what we like to see. Free with basic features. Uh, and then it's uh, 48 bucks a year. The features, um, you get your basic stuff. If you want to, if you want file name encryption, which is an interesting, um, thing to think about. And then unlimited providers, unlimited, unlimited devices cost you 48 bucks a year and unlimited business includes a master key. I'm not sure what that is. We'll have to look up that. So there you go. Box cryptor. We like it. Did you try this one out, John? No. Not at all. Huh? All right. So uh, while we're in follow up mode, Dustin wrote in. Good morning, Dave and John or John and Dave or John, Dave and Pete or John, Pete and Dave, whatever it works out to be. I am listening to episode 491 on my way to work uh, at about the one hour, two minute mark. You guys were talking uh, about a couple things using an old MacBook as a NAS server. Uh and also using this MacBook in clamshell mode. For clamshell mode, I use an extension called No Sleep on my MacBook Air. As but the way it works is by default anyway. As long as the power cord is connected, the machine will not sleep. And uh, it's funny the guitar player in the in the Next to Normal band was asking me the same question during the week. And so when Dustin's email came in, it was like, "Hey man, I got an answer for you." He's like, how'd you get that? Like, it's how the world works. <laughs> It's good. So, uh, yeah, it's a it's hosted. uh, We'll put a link in the show notes, but it's a free extension hosted at uh, Google's code repository and uh, very, very simple set of settings. That's it. So it's pretty cool stuff. And that's what we like. You you have no reason to use this one. Or or did you, John? You you said you had some experience with this. No, but, you know, it did come up in the episode. You know, if you're going to run your machine a certain way. Right. Very cool. All right. Uh, and while we're in follow-up mode, we were talking about private cloud servers in episode 491. Calum writes, for a free open source third-party Dropbox alternative, uh, which I had a very small hand in conceiving, but no hand in developing, you should check out SparkleShare at SparkleShare.org. He says... Uh, there are clients for Mac, Linux, and Windows, and the server is really just a Git repository. So it should be possible to set it up on a Mac by running the script provided, which I never tried. 
Just be aware that because it's using Git, which ultimately stores every prior version of every file you throw at it, they don't recommend that you use it for full backups or large files that change often. But that's pretty much true of Dropbox, too, although Dropbox does expire files after a period of time, depending on what kind of account you have. But um, yeah, Git actually is pretty cool. Git is an open source thing really built for um, people developing software uh, so that you have you can check in changes uh and let's say if john and i were working on a piece of software together uh, i could edit some of the code and i check it into our git repository when i make a change and not only does it let you see what that one specific change line was but it also says hey you know we've got we've developed some regression there's some bug here uh it only kicked off yesterday well let's go back to yesterday and take a look at what changes happened and you can even selectively roll those in or out so that's what Git is built for, built to use with very small files, lots and lots of very small files. Uh, Sparkle Share creatively uses Git as its back end uh, to be this sort of be the engine that manages all the stuff that you throw at it. Uh, it's very cool. Very, very cool. I, I like the I like the creativity. I haven't tried it yet, but good stuff. John. Yeah, neat. Yeah, yeah I've used. Um, yeah. Any software engineer worth their uh uh any software engineer who uh you know wants to maintain control mm-hmm. should be using some sort of repository git i know is popular i've used one called a mercurial and there's a subversion is another one there there's a bunch of them but yeah if you're writing code that takes up more than one file or more than a screenful then you should be using version control so you don't destroy everything <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Now, when I was a Wii software engineer, I, I was kind of insulted that someone said, oh, you got to put your code under version control. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I can keep track of my changes and stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. Not when you're working with other people. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Brian, in the uh, in the chat room, I don't know why we didn't think of this when this originally came in, you know, with 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 uh, personal yeah. kind of base Dropbox alternatives. Um you, uh, you know, my, my, my thought was you need a client app for your Mac and then there needs to be some server where your data is stored. But Brian, uh, reminds us of an option that does not require the server. Your data is just stored on all of your Macs, but only, or, and, and windows machines, but only on your machines. And that is BitTorrent sync. So there is no server. Uh, it just syncs amongst your computers directly. Uh, be they local on the network or on the cloud or, uh, or sorry, on, uh, not on the cloud, local on the network or uh, if you're traveling or whatever and you've got Macs in different spots on the Internet, if you have one at work or one at the office. So um, so that's actually boy, howdy. That's the yeah. simplest answer. to now, that. I was going to ask about that, though, but the, the issue becomes versioning. If you need versioning, I don't think BitTorrent Sync does not probably do versioning, right? <sighs> That's a good question. So, but the but the other beauty of BitTorrent Sync is you can individually share subfolders, like with John or me or whatever. So, you know, much like Dropbox, you can share a folder, but not your whole account. Right. That's the beautiful thing of BitTorrent Sync. Why aren't we doing this with our uh, with you, our Mac Geekab stuff here? You John? and I were playing with it. I know we and, were, and uh, yeah, you threw some stuff in there. But yeah, you know, until this moment, I never thought of the fact that BitTorrent Sync is effectively private cloud without. A lot of the confusion. Right. Right. Huh. The only thing is, is the versioning. I don't think it does. Sure. Sure. Oh, 
That's really interesting. Huh. This is like one of those mind, but you can tell like totally having a mind blow moment. I, I can't deal with this. My head's been in too many places. I, at some point, my brain is going to need to shut down for a little while. I, I don't expect though that that's going to happen. John, um, you know, I leave for Macworld on the Monday, Hopefully the not t- in the next 10 minutes, you know, right. I leave for Macworld on, on Monday, the 24th, the last show of next to normal, uh, ends 18 hours before my plane leaves. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's, uh, I, yeah, that's right. Sleep is for the weary. It's good. So speaking of cloud services, Dave, Yes. Well, I've been trying something new. Okay. So I thought I'd let you know about it. So yeah, I got a, I got a letter the other day from uh, Sugar Sink saying, oh, "Guess what? Your uh, your account's going to be deactivated." I, so I got that too. You I, cheapskate. I need to ask <laughs> you about that because uh, you and I, not only did we sign up for free Sugar Sink accounts, but we also used their uh, referral program, uh, and and not only got. Uh, sugar sink accounts with a little more data for or, or a little more storage for our listeners. But we also got, you know, you and I earned extra storage. That extra storage goes away, too. So all of that, just that's it. The the That whole mess is is wiped out in 20 days. Is is that well, what the that way means? the way I read it? Uh, we are now under a trial. And if we don't pony up money, then everything goes away. Yeah, so. that's not that's not a, that's not good. No, uh, it, it is good. I mean, it's one less, know, we, we, one less cloud know, I mean, sinking we, thing we, I can yeah, take, yeah. I can take I mean, off my max. Get them customers. And now how do they thank us by saying, go away? Now, I, I understand why they're doing it. I mean, there, I, there are I a number get of people that are, there are a number of people suspending their free programs. I guess the other one is a uh, log me in as another service saying, you know, the, the go away cheapskates. Sure. Give it to you for free anymore. Right. But I did find a new service, Dave, which okay. uh, actually someone, uh, one of our listeners uh, send us a referral link, which I used and I got extra space. And uh, so far, I'm pretty happy with this service. It's called BitCasa, which I guess bit, yeah. you know, bits and costs. I guess, you know, it's a home for your bits. Uh, and as far as I can see, it's pretty comparable to uh, to uh, Sugar Sync with uh, one exception that you can't you can only sync folders. You can't get the level of granularity that you could with Sugar Sync and that you could sync a folder but exclude things within it. But other than that, I'm pretty happy with it. And, you know, I tweeted out a couple of referral links and I'm almost to uh you know, thanks to everybody that signed up through my referral link, but you can get up to uh, 20 gigs for free and you can sync among multiple, I think the free program uh, up to three devices, which uh, works fine for me. <laughs> so, uh, so they're pretty good. And then another one that I, w- I want to try out um, that someone made me uh, aware of is they, ha- they have even more free storage. Though as far as I can tell, they're in France. So, you know, that could be a problem. You know, the French, I mean. <laughs> uh, called Hub, Hubic H-U-B-I-C dot com okay. yeah. and apparently they also offer a, a, a synchronization thing I haven't tried them out yet uh, but they look like another option for uh, people that uh, you know have been slighted by uh, so I'm I'm, by cur- Sink. I'm curious John I mean I, I know and, and frankly it's probably stupid that we even still use Dropbox for the Mac Geekab stuff, but we have our collaborative things that, that for whatever reason we use in the cloud, but uh, you like me have multiple 
private cloud options via hardware, right? You've got your Synology cloud station, you've got a transporter mm -hmm. and, and perhaps other stuff, pogo plugs or whatever. Um, but I know, I know you've got lots of these toys. Why, why do you, why do you care? I, I mean, I great. I, I think it's great. We're talking about Bitcasa for our listeners. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just curious why you uh, is your only reason to bring it up for our listeners or will you actually use these services yourself even though you have your own uh, private cloud storage stuff. Oh yeah. I'm using it right now because well, you know, well, yeah, well, to be, I, I, why though? I like why? having a service that allows a uh, granular synchronization. That's not a, you know, one big um, right, but, you know, but repository cloud station lets you do that. Transporter sync lets you do, or transporter and transporter sync. Let you do that. I'm just curious why you why you're still looking for other cloud based stuff, because frankly, I mean, I just had my mind blown and, and I like the way BitTorrent sync works. And I was, of course, enamored with the fact that this technology exists. And I'm really happy to tell all our listeners about it and the caffeine's kicking in, which is good. Um, but re in reality, you and I should just use either Transporter or Cloud Station for our shared Mac Geekab folder and be done with this, you know, because we have all the technology. So I'm just curious why. Because as you're telling me about this, I'm like, oh, this is great. I don't care. I mean, I do. I care because I want our listeners to know. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, well, need Well, here's it. the other thing you're looking at, though. I mean, and Dropbox was, was the first. So they were the first one to get all these APIs into the iPad and all that, which is a huge deal. That's for, true. That makes it hard to let go of Dropbox. Oh, no. I can't, because um, of that, I can't let go of Dropbox. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you've got, you know, your one password syncs across Dropbox. Yes. Your, um, there's several others. So, you know, I have my mini knife photo library in Dropbox because that one works well with it. I don't know how SugarSync works with iPhoto. Sure. Because, you know, that's a package file and can really that hork, I get. hork you up. <laughs> that, that I get. But so, but that's the question is, yeah. okay, so here's BitCasa. Yeah. It has no penetration into any apps that I know of yet. So it's just yeah. cloud storage. Why, if it's just cloud storage, why not, if you already have, and again, I'm, you know, I know that John and I have a different perspective uh, than our listeners, because frankly, we get a lot of these things either for for uh, discounts or or even free if if it's a, a unit that, you know, say an advertiser will send to us uh, to test it out before we talk about it or whatever. And we're in a different position. We lead charmed lives. I get it. I know. Um, and I'm glad that there's these services we can tell you about. And I'm glad we're learning about them. But my my question is, John, are you are you learning about this because of our job here? Or are you actually going to use BitCasa and why? Oh, I am. Uh, again, I'm, I was looking for a service that has a nice UI that's easy to use. And um, fair and enough. Will let me share my, uh, you know, data uh, and do selective synchronization uh, from, from my various machines. And uh, SugarSync served that purpose. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I haven't, uh, you know, things CloudStation, I haven't, you know, just, I've been trying to go through using it but it, you know it's it looks like it's kind of a pain in the neck to set up i, I just have to you know I, get down and dirty and do it but it's you know whereas you know this here bitcasa you know install the software and and you know no right you click on your folder sync and and there you go i mean it was it was pretty straightforward you're totally right uh cloud in in and cloud station is synology's private cloud engine it's a it's ios software it's mac software it's windows software and then it's also this server thing that runs on your disk station and it's it's not all you you John I have no question that you could get it set up very very quickly but 
it it is not an obvious thing. It's not overly presented to you when you set up your disk station. However, with disk station manager five, and I think that by the, let's say by the time we all see each other at Macworld, it's in beta right now. I, I think release date is coming soon. Um, and DSM five, if, if any of you have gone through the beta, no, uh, as part of the setup, cloud station is like front and center and way easier to get configured so that you can just connect to it. So yeah, you know, you're totally right, John. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, it's not the most obvious thing yet. So yeah, yeah a lot but of some works. of the other things works like, great. like I, I want to experiment with setting up a VPN, but, uh, it, you know, I started to go through the, the motions of setting up the VPN yeah. on the disk station. And, you know, I got to a point where, oh man, this is a pain in the neck. Cause you got to go to multiple places. And like you said, you know, they're, they're, you know, releasing their new, uh, you know, new software. And actually I'm going to, uh, they actually have an event in Manhattan where they're going to be rolling it out and okay. rolling it and <sighs> having some partners there as well. And I thought I'd pop in and check it out. So, uh, Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Now this station is, you know, it's, it's very powerful. Uh, and you know, it's, you know, one of the better UIs to an ass that I've seen, but you know, it still has some, uh, rough edges, rough edges. Yeah, it, well, opinion. yeah, definitely. Definitely. I do want to mention the one more thing because the pre-show thing we talked about was uh, the the sink. I've got the transporter sink and a transporter. And I, now that I've got two of them, they were running a great deal on sync. I couldn't pass it up. And, and I got it. I got to the management website. I could make folders and I couldn't see it. So I asked Dave pre-show and he goes, yeah, I think it just melds it all together. And sure enough, it does. So if you have two, if you wind up buying two devices, a transporter and a tra- two transporters, transporter sync, whatever, uh, look in your transporter folder and you'll see the files for that second, uh, the folders for that second device. I, I was uh, confused. I couldn't find it anywhere. I was making folders and lo and behold, so, there they were. So thanks so you, for that, Dave. The sure. show answer. But I wanted other people to be aware. If you have two devices, it's going to melt it all together. In the finder, look, when you finder, see transporter, yes. it is a, a, uh, a combination. It is your view of your transporter account. As yes. opposed to any individual device. Bingo. That's Got exactly. It. That's how I, thank you for saying that in one sentence. What yeah. I was trying to say in 10. No, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I told you I was here to add to the confusion. That's what we do. That's what we do. Uh, and you said something, John, that was, oh, you did. Okay. So, uh, new topic, right? Are we good? Can I, can I take us to a new topic? Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, but it, but it's based on something you said that you didn't intentionally say, Pete. Uh, but you, you mentioned one password. Yes. Um, I've, I've been going through a, uh, a bit of mental, it's self inflicted, of course, mental anguish lately, uh, with password management. And, and it's your fault, John, uh, again, not your, not your fault, but it is your fault. When I was at your house, um, back in the fall, now I've been using one password for a long time. Uh, and I like it and it works great and it manages everything. And I have my credit cards and my secure notes and, you know, all that stuff in there. And uh, in addition to all my logins and it's great, however, and it works great on iOS and they've, they've done the browser there, which makes it so that you can just use it like normal, even though it's not baked into Safari and it works awesome. And then I was at your house, John, and you went to, you were asking me some question. I think it was about the TMO, uh, backend, the, the content management system that we use. And you went to log in and I was just looking over your shoulder and you visited the web page and your password was populated on the field. When you got there, you didn't have to invoke some magic keystroke like uh, us one password users do. And I thought, 
I mean, I get that there's a security risk of just having it auto populated there, but I'm okay with that on my machine. And I was like, whoa, that's way more streamlined. And of course you said, well, yeah, dude, I use LastPass. And I, I knew that you used LastPass, but I didn't know that LastPass worked that way. So immediately I thought, well, maybe I should be using LastPass. I exported all my stuff from one password into LastPass. And uh, sure enough, LastPass does that. LastPass's UI is really wonky, though. Other than that, that part they get absolutely right. The rest of it is this like super clunky browser extension, get in your way, wonky cross-platform wannabe. Uh, it just doesn't fit, you know, but it does that really well. And so I tried to live with it and I've lived with it for a while. And uh, I was talking to Adam Christensen about this. I said, how are you dealing with this? And he said, oh, uh, I just turned on iCloud Keychain, And now whenever I fill my password from one password, Safari asked me if I want to save it in Safari. I do. And now it is on all my devices. It's on, you know, Safari on my iOS device. And he said, so slowly but surely, I'm just letting this transition happen sort of gradually. He says, and, and we'll see where I get with that. Um, so. My question, and maybe there is no question, uh, but I just share that out there. I'm curious what either of you guys are doing and how far down the Safari, the the iCloud keychain rabbit hole you have gone uh, yet. And uh, because, you know, Adam sort of opened my eyes. It was one of those moments like, oh, yeah, I should just use that because then it is in Safari on my iPhone and I don't have to bounce to different apps to get the data I want. So what are you doing, John? Have you turned on Safari Keychain yet or no? Or no, iCloud, I iCloud Keychain, right. Sorry. No, I turned it off. No, because LastPass does uh, does what I need. So you don't care that, that you don't have a smooth way of doing this on iOS? No. Okay. No, if anything on iOS, yeah. What I'll do is I'll fire up the uh, LastPass app and then you know, uh, look up the yeah. account because, you know, it's all stored. I know for but, me. So, um, but no, it, it, it's kind of a pain on iOS. Uh, yeah. I admit, but well, the, uh, I use the one password app on my iOS yeah. devices and it has a built in browser. Right. So I frequently, and it's not a bad browser at all. No, that's, that's what I was saying. It, so that's it, what I use. I haven't used the iCloud, uh, keychain as yet. And, and if I can mention another podcast, of course you can. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. Um, I, I, I fairly regularly listen to Security Now as well. Yeah. He's got, Steve Gibson has one on the horizon. It's called Squirrel, which it uses, and he had like an epiphany in the shower one sure. morning, I think is how he described it, that, oh my God, here's how you can do it. And you'll be able to take your iPhone and scan a, a QR, an, an SQL code, and be automatically logged in. And he's writing all this code. Now, it's going to take some website to, to adapt it and that sort of thing. Really? But you'll not be able to be spoofed or no one can take your password. I mean, you give up your, your main code. Right. You're right. gone. But, uh, well, that's true you know, of all so, of them. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but that might be, it's a few episodes back that he oh. talked about. It was back in the fall, I think, uh, he okay. was talking about that. But So that's kind of on the horizon. And it sounds like it's going to get wide development. He's got international, uh, lang- multi-languages coming in on it and that sort of thing. And it's been his main dedication for the last probably six months now. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah. So hopefully the whole thing of username and password and two-factor authentication and all that is going to go away. And and I wish I could describe it more better than I sure. am. But but it's 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 going to be so magic. You take a picture of the code and you're on. You're huh? Magically on. And that's how he kind of describes it. And then he described how it would work. 
And it was like, oh, that'll work. So pretty huh. amazing. So hopefully get away from needing keychains and okay. passwords and all. Okay. That. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I so yeah. I'm I'm just letting myself migrate to Safari keychain one password at a time. That sounds like a yeah. Worth Why trying. not? Sure. You know. Sure. Because listen, it's before, still encrypted. Before one password, and when Mobile Me did all the the keychain syncing, that's what I did. What, what years ago it was i mean iCloud keychain is not a new concept for apple they did it with mobile me and then they and then they sunsetted uh, keychain syncing and then we all had to deal with one password and was listen cottage business grow into big business sure. how you secure know. is it though is it just that one it's your password um your, your strong password into your iCloud account correct it so, but it is it is yeah. your it is your um key that syncs it right okay right so I'll so, need to, if I do that, I would need to, uh, I'll need to boost that security. You I'm might want to boost it, yeah, that security. It, yeah, that, I, no, but that, that's right. Yeah. But it, it is password. secure in that Apple cannot, Apple doesn't have the keys. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 I, it, I, you know, when, again, it was one of those epiphanies when Adam said it, it was like, you know, unless I think I'm going to use an Android or windows device at some point, in which case, you know, then iCloud keychain, no worky. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm pretty good with it. So any, any, now that, now that you've had, now that you've heard this discussion, John, any thoughts uh, on, on re enabling iCloud keychain? Of course you and I have the problem that we still maintain uh mountain lion machines, which I think for me is going away soon. I think this podcast machine will move to Mavericks and then it doesn't matter. But, but if obviously iCloud keychain and Mavericks don't quite play together the way they're supposed to sort of uh, iCloud. Sorry iCloud Keychain and Mavericks are fine. iCloud Keychain and Mountain Lion, it's a it's a weird thing. So. My thoughts haven't changed. Okay. I didn't I'm think not, they would. It'll I'm not it'll take change of what I'm gonna do. All right. I I'm gonna predict, and this is just because I love you. Um I'm gonna predict that uh it will be August that that you'll have an epiphany and you'll come on the show and you'll say, dude, iCloud Keychain is awesome and I'm using this, and then I'll just have to refer you back to Mac Geek Cap four ninety two. But that's okay. That's how we work here. It creates the, oh, the, the magic dynamic. Senses and go back to uh, serious job busting going on. I don't here. think I'm going to go back to LastPass <laughs> unless they can get their user experience better. It, it, like I said, I love the one thing that attracted me to it, which is that the password's there. But but iCloud Keychain does that too. Uh, it yeah. auto populates. Um, I, I the the one frustration with iCloud Keychain thus far, and maybe I haven't dug in enough, is I haven't been able to find a way to have multiple logins for the same site saved. But again, that may just show my, um, my newbiness with it. Um, but it doesn't seem like it does that. So last, maybe I'll enable both of them and let them fight with each other and see who the victor will be. That's, that's what I've done. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's cause it's, it then just allows a very gradual migration. So yeah, it's good. All right. Where are we here? What are we doing? Uh, you know, I do want to talk about, John, our uh, our second sponsor, which, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, is Linda at Linda.com slash MGG. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash MGG. Linda is, you know, you come to this show because you like to learn things or maybe you like to hear geeks hash stuff out. Uh, but uh, but either way, you're learning things when you come here. And Linda allows you to do that, too, but they don't just limit their knowledge uh, that they share to Mac oriented and iOS stuff, though they have plenty of that. 
Uh, but they, they do deep dives and they hire professionals to do these um, to do these videos. And they're awesome videos. Not, I mean, sometimes you see someone talking to you. It depends on the, the topic. But it, it's it, they also show, you know, for example, in the Logic Pro uh, or Final Cut or iMovie videos. And it's not just one video for each of those. There's series of them. So if you want to dig in and learn about, you know, how to work with uh, compressors and EQ and this, that and the other thing, that's like one video for uh, for logic. And then a, another video about, you know, mixing and, and all of that stuff. It's it's amazing how deep they go. And uh, and these videos are professionally produced, like super professionally produced. And you get to see on your screen logic. Right there. And, and they show you not only do you have someone telling you about what to do, but you see it right there and you can actually see what changes they're making and, and how the user interface works and all of that stuff. Uh, really, really well done. I've actually been watching some of their business videos. You know, I never went to business school, so I've, I've kind of learned uh, everything that I've le- had to learn on my own. And let me tell you, there is a lot I don't know. And I'm well aware of that uh, some days more acutely than others. <laughs> um, it's but, what you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That, yeah, that's the worst is, is when you realize, oh, I'm supposed to know that, you know, mm-hmm. that. So, uh, so I have been filling in the gaps in that knowledge and they've got some great business courses taught by some fantastic people. And, uh, and it really is. I mean, I've been going back to school in the mornings, uh, you know, I put the kids on the bus and then I, I I'll sit for an hour every morning and, and, and watch a course and go along with the stuff. And I've really been learning a lot. Um, I, I was, I'm really blown away. I'm, uh, I, it's not a service that I would have necessarily reached out to start using, uh, it is one of those things where, like I mentioned before in the show, you know, because they're a sponsor and they want us to learn about it, they they gave us, uh, you know, accounts that uh, they, they last a little more than a week. Let's put it that way, uh, which is smart. And now I'm I'm not only learning about it just to tell you, but I'm using it for myself. It's great stuff. And uh, and you get seven days uh, for free and then it's twenty five bucks a month. And for, for that certain, then the same is true for those seven days. And then, and then ongoing for 25 a month, you can watch as many courses as you want. So it's just, you're constant. You could, you know, you could watch courses 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'm going to guess that by about day number four, they might not uh, be as effective for you if you haven't been sleeping or doing anything else. But, uh, but that's, you know. We all learn different ways. Maybe you'll learn more after uh, three days of sleep deprivation. I got to say, my wife is not going to be happy about this new one, Linda. Yeah. Uh, iOS app development. And I'm all over. I'm a video type learner. I can watch someone else do it and do it. I am all over this. I can tell you right now. Awesome. I'm going to be in there. Oh. All right. Well, I want to hear you report back, man. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I, I, last year I bought a book, you know, iOS development, 24 hours, and, and I got pretty good. I got I got fairly far into it. I was able to manipulate things, yeah. but I'm not a guy who can read it and try it, read sure. it and do it. And, you know, did okay, but it was a lot of work and a lot of slogging. I can tell by looking at just the course introduction on this alone that, that it'll get me past the basics to the point where I'm learning something. Just by looking at the introduction. And and that's actually the thing they have for every course, whether you have an account or not. And again, you do get a seven day free account with if you visit lynda.com slash MGG. But whether you have an account or not, you can watch the trailers 
for every course. So you can really get an idea. And the trailers are done by the people who did the course. I mean, they're professionally produced and all of that by Linda, but they get the talent. They get the teachers, uh, the instructors to do the, the teasers. So you get a feel for, hey, is this someone that I can can deal with for an hour? You know, maybe maybe, you know, one man's trash, right? Yeah. Pete might love the voice of the person doing the iOS app. Maybe I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I haven't, I haven't looked yet, but, but that kind of thing. So you really, and you get a good taste. It's a, it's a good two, three, sometimes four minute uh, trailer. So you're not just getting a 10 second, Hey, sign up now. You know, uh, you, you actually, you might even learn something from the, from the little trailer. And underneath the trailer lists everything that's in this course, you know, what you're going to awesome. go through in each of the, you know, the whole, basically the syllabus of it. So. Yeah. Oh, I am stoked. That's awesome. My, my wife I, won't be, but <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Who's so Linda. Right. Yeah. 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 Why is she taking it? Why are you spending all your time with Linda, Pete? Yeah. You know, listen, your answer to that question is going to be way better than what it could be. This is true. So that's actually a good thing. So check it out. Uh, L Y N D a dot com slash M G G. Like I said, you get your seven days and then after that uh, you can cancel and uh, everything that you learned is yours um, or you can continue on for for 25 bucks a month. So, yeah. And you can watch from your iPad, from your iPhone that streams to all of them. Um, If you want to download for offline viewing, you actually have to sign up for an annual course uh, to do that uh, because. Um, I, I'm guessing because, well, frankly, because then for 24 hours, seven days a week, you just fill up your iPad and, and that's, you know, then they're not making money and that's not fair. So, um, so they do expect you to sign up for a longer term if you want to do offline stuff. And I get that not optimal perhaps, but, uh, but totally makes sense. <laughs> uh, so check it out. L Y N D com slash M G G and, uh, let them know we sent you, but, but they, they'll know because you, um, Cause you, you got your seven days. So that's, oh, that's how we do it. It's cheaper to buy a year than go monthly. Yeah. Two fifty. Oh, wait. Year. Yeah. 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 So 50 bucks off. Yeah. Way cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I think though there's, um, there's, there's various levels of the annual thing. And I think in order to get the, the, the offline stuff, it, it's, it, it is a little bit more and un- again, understandably so, uh, but maybe you don't need that. You know, um, if you're not going to be watching offline, then just stream. And then it's, then that's part of your 25 bucks a month. You don't have to worry about it. So it's good stuff. They've, 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 they've done a good job putting it together and they've been out there for a while. All right. Let's see, John, where are we going here? We might as well finish up the, uh, the, 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 um, the tips from previous shows. Although it seems like uh, we get some good questions coming in too. Uh, you know what? Sh- shall we just jump to Jim? You want to jump to Jim? Cause I, th- those first three questions are actually really good. Let's do those. Maybe we'll come back to these tips and take uh-huh. us to Jim, John. Okay. Let me get Jim up here. All right. All right. Typed in Jim. All right. Yeah, this is a good one. I learned something, Dave. Excellent. As, as we all should. Yeah, I think I learned um, something. I'm about to learn something. So go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Jim writes in and says, hello, Dave, John, and sometimes pilot Pete, though I think Pete is always a pilot. Um, <laughs> I'm under the impression that Spotlight indexes all files that are not excluded in the privacy tab of the Spotlight options in system preferences. But perhaps I am mistaken. I was helping a friend search for an Excel spreadsheet that was attached to an Outlook 2011 email. 
I was able to have him navigate to the attachments folder by using the finder to browse to home, library, caches, temporary items, outlook. Yeah, I think that's it. Temp. And there was the file that he had inadvertently opened as an attachment, modified, and then saved without realizing where the file had been saved. This happens a lot to new Mac users. Yeah, that's that's a, kind of a crazy place to put it. It's a, I thought it's that a, I would it's help a bad him. place to put it. If if there's changes yeah, that have been made to it that aren't saved anywhere else, because mm-hmm. caches are should be caches of data that is available, that is retrievable from elsewhere. And in this case, it's not once the change has been made. So, uh, so he says, I thought that I would help him by showing him how to search for hidden files in Spotlight by adding system files are included. And then he attached a, a couple of screenshots showing how he set up the search. But the clearly visible files in the Outlook attachment folder are still not found after enabling this option. The folder is invisible, so I turned on the include option as well and still couldn't find it. Find any file app, um, and he links to it, which does not use the Spotlight Index, finds the file quickly. Am I just not overriding the Spotlight filters that protect me from finding the files to locate this in the temporary temporary area? Is there a way to get Spotlight to find files in the Outlook attachment cache folder, or does one have to resort to other means? And I didn't know the answer to this. But now I do. So first off, I wasn't sure if the advanced search in the finder is in fact using the spotlight index. Um, And I'll tell you about that later. But first, I wanted to try to do this, Dave. I wanted to try to use the advanced search to find things in the uh, cache folder. And Jim got really close. He went through almost all the right steps here. But as far as I can tell, he, he missed one critical step here. Uh, so I didn't have any Outlook attachments, but I did have in my caches directory. If you look there, there's a, not surprisingly, a number of folders. And within them is a file called cache.db. So I figure, well, okay. let me use that instead. Sure. Yeah. I known target. That's right. Yep. So I went to, uh, went to that directory, then enabled the, uh, you know, ad- advanced search you know, holding down a command F in the finder. Uh, it defaulted to kind as any. That was the only search term there. And that, that worked for, for my purposes. And then I typed cache.db in the search field and nothing showed up. And I'm like, ah, man, this is broken. <laughs> then I noticed that when you open up, and I guess this is the default behavior, when you open up the advanced search, it said search this Mac. Okay, but there was next to it the name of the folder that I had opened called caches. So what I did is I selected caches and lo and behold, it found all of those files. They all came up in the search. So what he was missing um what he was missing was that it, it, he had this Mac selected as the search space instead of the directory that he was in. So if, um, yeah, if you, if you want to find these files, that's how you, that's how you, you get about it. Now, I don't know. I mean, you know, it kind of bothers me that they select this Mac as the default, even if you're in a folder, because I was in the caches folder. I, I don't know why it doesn't select the place that you're at as the default place to do the search. Uh, maybe there's a way to change that and I haven't been able to figure it out. 
Now, the other question is, I wasn't sure if this advanced search uses the Spotlight database. So what I did is I whacked my Spotlight database by putting my hard drive in the privacy area. And all of a sudden, the search didn't work anymore. I broke it. So. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but that, uh, so I learned two things. One, I learned how to, how to find these files. And, and again, Jim got so, so close. Uh, but two, that is, in fact, searching your uh, Spotlight database. And that's all I got to say about that. That's awesome. I like it. I like it. Good stuff, man. Yeah, but quirky. Because I think it, you initially had thought that, no, it, it, just, it, it won't find that stuff. And the thing is, it right. does. But you, you got to, you, you, you know, you got to do the, the take the right steps. Yeah, you gotta yeah, You got to click your heels and, <laughs> and all that. <laughs> it's certainly not intuitive. So you have to know where to look specifically. Or at least the top of the tree, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you know, I it, one note about the caches folder. I said people shouldn't store things there that aren't uh, retrievable from somewhere else. That assumption is made not just system-wide, but third-party apps, too. So, uh, for example, the caches folder, I don't believe, is backed up by Time Machine. I think, I think... By default is not backed up by super duper or carbon copy cloner, although it might be. Uh, but I wouldn't trust that it is by anything because caches are not uh, data that that people that that in general is thought of as being, um, you know, unique or, or, or necessary. It's rebuildable. So be, be careful with that. So. So there you go. Not that, you know, not that you get to control that. If you're an Outlook user, it's where Outlook puts it. But just, you know, in general, um, that that is the reason for that. So got to have some got to have some consistency. Right. John, you want to take us to uh, to Michael? Yes. Go. Another non-intuitive thing here. <laughs> That's what we're after. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm getting some fish shakes into Apple today, so uh, or we are. Yeah. So uh, Michael wrote in and said, hello, Dave and John. Yes. I'm confused by Apple's Notes application. It used to be so good, but now I have to use Evernote to sync all my scribbles. But why? Well, all my important notes are in iCloud. These originate from my MacBook Notes application. On my iPad, I can see the same notes. Yet on my iPhone, I have other notes I made, just a few, but dare not sync them. Why not? Well, it seems that the default notes on my iPhone are iPhone notes in settings, which implies that if I sync my iPhone notes, then all my iCloud notes will be overwritten and disappear, right? I dare not try it. There seems to be no way to change the default to iCloud on my iPhone. So my question is, how do I sync my iPhone notes to my iCloud? Not instead of notes in iCloud, but sync with notes in iCloud. I, I think Evernote is fine, but I have the notes app on my iPhone. And even though I'm not using it, I can't delete it. My iOS and OS 10 are up to date. I use an iPhone 5, iPad 2, and MacBook Pro 2013. All right. And this is another, again, fish shake. I'm, I'm ready for the fish shakes here. Now, they sadly... I thought that my recent experience with contacts would be mirrored with notes. Oh, if you right. have local content, 
And I did a little test here because we had someone ask a question about doing uh, migrating contacts. And at least with contacts, if you have locally stored content based on my experiments and you then sync and then you activate iCloud contacts, it's going to say, hey, you want me to merge this? Which is like, yeah, that's a great idea. Right. Uh, and it merges and typically and it doesn't duplicate things either. At least it shouldn't, though sometimes it does. But then you can resolve that. So I thought iCloud Notes would do the same thing, Dave. Wouldn't you? I, I Yes, it does not, huh? Well, you know, I, I did a little digging and, uh, you know, this guy, Ted, Ted Landau. <laughs> yeah, I love Ted. Yeah. You know what? He uh, apparently he wrote a, he wrote an article for um, this uh, Mac Observer. I hate location. I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> uh, and he basically wrote an article uh, uh, called Why Apple Strays from Keep It Simple. And uh, he wrote about this exact issue. In that uh, it, it's uh, the behavior of notes is not the same as the other iCloud services, which makes me sad. Really? So, yeah. So the thing is, yeah, I think, uh, you know, Michael is correct that he should not do this. Now, the question is, how am I going to get my notes off of this device and get them back into um the iCloud notes. And if he just turns on iCloud, it won't merge him. Well, that's the indication I got. I, I wasn't going to try it, but no, it doesn't, it doesn't come up and say, Hey, you want to merge? Oh. So at least that's, that's what I gathered from the article. It, it doesn't act like the other iCloud services as far as syncing yeah, local right. content. Huh? That's bad. Right. Now there are a couple of options here though. So, so, you know, did a little more surfing and there are a number of, a number of ways you could go about this. So one is you could get a utility like iExplorer and, you know, one of the other popular uh, iDevice browsing utilities and yep. pull the notes off using that and then paste them into a machine using iCloud. Yes, that's kind of caveman, but, you know, if you want to do it, I think that's one thing you're going to have to do. Another thing that I saw uh, that I suggested is that if you're running on OS 10.6 or 10.7, iCloud notes appear in mail app. Remember that? Yeah. So that would be another thing is you export them from the device. And then, you know, if you have a older, a machine older running older OS 10 with mail, you could paste the uh, notes that way. And the third thing is that there is a uh, utility I found out there that uh, seems to be able to do this called copy trans. And I, I think it goes for about 20 bucks. Uh, and that advertises that it'll be able to let you do this as well. Okay. Oh, well, that's cool. So that's right. that. That is that, huh? Yeah, it's it. it it's too. It, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know why it's broken. I hope they fix it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the fact that they haven't. You know, Ted's article was written in 2011. And now we're two years later than that. It was December of 2011. It doesn't uh, fill me with, with uh, I'm not overflowing with hope uh, here that, uh, or confidence that this is going to get changed anytime soon. So, yeah. And we got a confirmation from a few people in the room here saying, no, it doesn't. It still doesn't. Yeah. 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 yeah I couldn't test it directly because I don't have uh, kind of like with the, uh, you know, well, well, at least with the context issue that, that you know, I, I was trying to help someone solve, at least that one I was able to test out. 
by turning things on and off. But I don't have, uh, I, I don't know if you do, but I don't have any locally stored notes. So I, I wasn't able to replicate that uh, uh, behavior. Right, right, right. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Take us to, uh, take us to Robert. We definitely have time for this one. It's good. Robert had a good one. Yeah, go. All right. Oops. R O B E R T. (laughs) I'm going to suggest that you go download a copy of Yojimbo. Um, it, it, it's perfect for this. Cause you, I, I take all the PDFs from the show and put them in. And then I have like, it gives me a three pane list. Um, this is a little bit about how the sausage is made here, but, but it works. Uh, and I, I have a container, uh, you know, a, a category for Mac Geekab, So it's separate from everything else. And I highlight Mac Geekab, and then I have a three pane list, just like mail, right? We're at the top. I have all my PDFs and I sort them by date modified, which keeps the, you know, usually we're answering questions that just came in during the, during the last week. Sometimes we have one that that's a little older and I need to scroll and find it. But, um, but I just hit it and boom, it's right there. I don't, I'm not navigating through windows. I'm not doing finds in the finder or anything like that. It just works. Well, so. I'm in preview. I just typed in the name. And I know, but it's, you're, it's, it's, um, there's, there's always a lag with you, my friend. So I'm trying to help fix that. Yeah. Keeping keeping things smooth for the show as we enter our tenth year. So oh, well, you know, right. yeah. All right, go. So, what's up with Bob? I'll tell you what's up with Bob. Bob says somehow I've modified how my Google search initially displays results using Safari on my iMac. When I search for a term, I get images, and I need to click the web tab for text results. On my laptop, I initially get the web results as desired. I searched but was unable to find a solution to get the web results as a default. Got any ideas? Yes, John. I got a, I got a great idea, Dave. Go. Well, my initial thing here, well, for, I wasn't able to, wasn't able to replicate this and that my, my environment didn't do this. So I suspect one thing you could try, Dave, yes, is t- if you got a Google cookie, why not whack it? Oh, my thought being that it yeah. could be something that at some point, uh, Bob had configured his Google search to to bring up images, uh, uh, and that's stored in a cookie somewhere. So why not whack your Google.com cookie if you have one? See if that fixes it. Uh, where, uh, where do we find cookies in Safari these days, John? I always get, I, I always have to look and figure out where they are. And I do yeah, this all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, if you go to preferences. Yeah. Privacy. Privacy. Okay. You see cookies and other website data. Yeah. And you have a couple options. One is remove all website data. I don't think I do that. Don't but then do you that. Also see. Yeah, you could do that. Well, I, sure. I yeah. Don't think you'd want to unless you. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. No, that doesn't get rid of your details. Oh, I think it, it. I don't know. Some people freak over cookies and the you know the, the tracking and all that stuff there. So you know if if, if you want to eliminate that or sure. reduce that, I suppose you could remove all the website data. But if you then click on details, you will get a list of all of the websites and. Uh-huh. A searchable uh, list. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. 
And so you could either scroll through it or you could, like in this case, you know, like I'll type in Google and yeah. see what happens. Or and I look here and, oh, well, I got google.co.uk, I got google.com. And in my case, google.com has cache, cookies, plugins, and local storage. So you have to delete all of your Google data if you, if in Safari's current interface doing it that way. Which which sucks. Yes, I know. But you can. You know, there I is another way. A, well, I think we had an article. Uh, someone had written an article. Uh, I think uh, our buddy MGG Jim. There is a way to dig in. I think you have to go through the web inspector if you just want to whack the cookies. That's exact. No, that's exactly it. You have to visit the website, then go to the web inspector, which is in Safari's develop menu, which you have to turn on in the advanced settings. So first step is. Uh, Safari preferences, advanced uh, show develop menu, which is at the bottom of that screen. Then you'll get a new menu in the, in the menu bar. Then you visit in this case, Google, and I'm doing this in real time. Uh, go to the develop menu. Once you have the website up and choose open web in, or show web inspector. And when that comes up, you will see a resources list. First, it shows you the source, but, um, but you will see a cookies folder on the left. Twist that open Go to uh, Google, www.google.com, and you'll see, I mean, I have one, two, three, four, eight cookies for Google, and I can delete them individually from here. So that's that's how you do it. It's it's it. It's Apple obscuring. I, I, I get it. It's part of their M.O. Uh, it's worked well for them. But there are times when as a geek, it's frustrating. So that's just All right. That's how, how I feel about it. Yeah, now, they're, 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 and I believe there there may be a, a, another thing. Uh, All right, that could be tried here, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Well, well so that time. that'll get rid of the Google, um, the the Google cookie. But I think um, Safari also stores a preference like this, and it's not one that you can go and find a cookie to delete. But there is my favorite solution of. Hey, this setting isn't doing what I want it to do. So change it to something else and change it back to the way it looked like it was originally. And magically it gets fixed. So yeah, if you go um, into, uh, into Safari and go to uh, preferences again, and if you go to the general tab, you'll see default search engine is listed and you have three options here. To my knowledge, there's no way to add anything to these three, but it's Google, Yahoo and Bing. Uh, change it from Google to Bing, close preferences, open up preferences, change it from Bing to Google, and uh, it will reset this stuff and uh, and solve that 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 other half of the problem. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And, it you know, it seems totally crazy that this would do make any difference. Uh, but it is important to remember that every preference change you make in the user interface is simply a graphical uh, uh, way of editing a P list file. Um, I, I may be oversimplifying there, but, but, but that, that in general is correct that all you're doing is, is you could do all of this from the terminal. And the thing is, Sometimes the plist file gets a little something, something extra in there that isn't or can't be reflected in the user interface. So by changing it to Bing and back to Google, you're actually getting the default version of the Google search put in there. You know, I said there's no way to add a uh, 
another option to this search engine? I'm sure there is actually by editing that P list file directly. Um, but there's no way to get it in the UI. So, so there you go. That's my, uh, that's good stuff. I like this stuff, John. It's fun. P list. Yeah. It's like Apple's registry. So it's yeah. registry for Apple people. <laughs> it, yeah, it kind of is. That's right. Everyone loves the windows registry. Oh, it's my favorite. I made a lot of money, uh, fixing the Apple, the windows registry. Someday it, it, we're not going to get to it today, but, but we have a question. So I'm going to actually throw this out there to the group and then, and then we'll have a great discussion about it. Uh, listener, Dave sent in an email, uh, to us knowing that, that John and I have had, um, varying levels of consulting experience by consulting. I mean, going out to people's homes and, and doing what we do here, solving questions or solving problems, answering questions and, and doing that on site. Then Dave is getting started in this business and, and, and just was looking for some pointers. I know there are a ton of uh, you here that listen to the show that are actively consultants. Um, and, and so John and I will share our, our, our thoughts on this in a future show. But I would love to also have your thoughts to share. So some of the things, you know, that 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 you would tell a a budding uh, consultant entering this field, uh, obviously having technical knowledge is 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 sort of a given. But uh, it is so much more than that. You know, it's the customer service business. So uh, so tell us, you know, share that stuff with us. We'll we'll pull it all together and uh, and then we'll do a nice little segment on it. I think that could be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll bring in somebody There's- that's that's doing it too. And, and have a, have a, a round Robin discussion of it. So. There's someone in my neighborhood that I see riding his bike by my house every now and then yeah. I'm convinced he's a consultant. That's awesome. You know what he has, Dave? He's got, he wears this. I crack up every time I see this guy, he actually has a propeller beanie. Oh, that's awesome. I like it. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I, I got to get, so that's the first thing is you got to get yourself a propeller beanie to help focus hey. the, the consulting energy. I, uh, when, when I was um, consulting originally, uh, well, I mean, I was doing it on my own sort of very, very small time. And then we did it very, very big time down in Texas when I had the computer nerds business. That's nerds with a Z. Um, I sold my interest in it, but that business still exists and thrives today. Um, and then out on my own, uh, I, and this is why my blog is called this now, but out of my own, I called myself Dave, the nerd. And that's what it said. in all the newspaper ads that I did for it. And people loved it because it was, you know, as soon as somebody calls himself the nerd, it softens the blow. Y- you know, they think, Oh, this guy's personable. They've all they've done is read an ad in the newspaper. They have no idea who I am. Right. But, 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 you know, that's a big part of it is, is you want to kind of endear yourselves to people because they are going to be inviting you into their home or office and paying you money, sometimes lots of money, uh, oftentimes. <laughs> What's that? With any luck. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, it, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's it's not, you know, it's not a trivial thing. It's, you know, it's some strange man coming into your home. So, you know, a little bit of, yeah, I'm just a nerd, whatever. So anyway, uh, so yes, we will have more and more of that discussion. Please send us your thoughts. I would love to read them. Um I, 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 and I mean that not, not just for the show, but I, you know, I really love doing the consulting thing. I, I don't currently have time for it or I haven't made time for it uh, in a number of years. Basically, since we started Mac Geek Cab, this sort of took that time. Um, but uh, and, it, and it also lets me flex that same muscle. So it, it keeps me, you know, keeps me happy, obviously. 
All right. One last question before we before we dive in a quick one. Michael writes, I've got an iPhone 4S and would love to mirror it to my Mac for video conferencing or live demonstrations. Can you provide a recommended product for this? So if you had an Apple TV, you could use uh, AirPlay and with the right iPhone and your 4S fits. Uh, I believe the eh, the 4 might do it. I forget. Um, But certainly the 4S and, and later can do Uh, airplane mirroring to an Apple TV, but the Mac has no built in way of saying, Hey, I just want to be a dumb quote unquote screen for uh, the iPad and, or the, you know, for airplane mirroring, which would actually be kind of an awesome thing. Thank goodness for uh, third party developers. So there are two apps. One is called reflector uh, and the other is called air server. We will put notes, uh, notes, uh, things in the show notes uh, to, uh, to talk about, to, to link to that. Wow. I'm losing it. The caffeine's wearing off. <laughs> um, we'll put links in the show notes for both of those. I have used them both, uh, but I don't use them often enough to actually have a preference uh, over one versus the other. Uh, but but they will they will serve your purpose. So check them out. Uh, I think they both offer free trials. And, and I think there's a cable that Apple sells that goes into your uh, Thunderbolt. Okay, goes from your phone to the Thunderbolt display, I think. Seriously. I, I recall having one. And it lets you display from the phone to your... That's what I recall. Now, it's been probably yep. two years since I did the presentation, which I remember okay. doing that with. So, so it wasn't a Thunderbolt monitor. It was your no, Mac it that It was you did my it Mac, which was really? then you know out to a projector. Um, it was in a conference room down in Memphis when I was huh. when I was doing a presentation, and I had the presentation. It was actually on my iPad, so it was the old thirty pin. Had you jailbroken your iPad, Pete? No. Okay. At that point, because there was because no. there was a way to do that. Yeah. 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 Not that. No. And it went to Thunderbolt, not USB. Well, no. Now I'm wondering if it was maybe Thunderbolt wasn't around. What was the other one? There was the other input because it, it was a MacBook Pro Display Port or not yeah. Display Port, but yeah. Huh. huh. Wow. So check some conversion cables because I okay. remember I had it on my iPad, but that may be another option. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. No promises. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Huh. Yeah, DisplayPort. Yeah, Brian. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, folks. Yeah, Pete is on. Uh, this is a, a function of me doing this show and, and, uh, and all of that. But the mic that Pete is usually on is actually hung in the theater. The, the singers and actors don't use uh, microphones because of the way this theater is, which has made sound with a full band uh, an interesting challenge. And uh, so I'm in a, in a bit of a bubble. Those of you that have seen my Instagram pictures. And so the mic that Pete usually uses is hung strategically and 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 uh, surreptitiously in the theater. And I'd really have to shout in order to be heard on that. Yeah, one. that's right. Um, <laughs> so that I get an ear monitor of the singers that are on the other side of this bubble that I'm in. Um so when Pete said he was coming, it was like, um, yeah. So he's on a sure SM 58, which is fine, but you might've heard it's a little harsh at times. So my Sorry. apologies. No, Sorry, it's, dude. <laughs> it's not, it's not your fault. I'm glad you were able to join us. So it's good. All right. Uh, well, I think that, uh, that's going to bring us to the, uh, the end here, John fun show. Mr. Braun. Indeed. Indeed. There he is. <sighs> He's catching up on that hour of sleep. I know. <laughs> I know. More espresso for you, John. 
more espresso for me. Yeah. Thank Just you. A big oh, I learned one uh, speaking of espresso this week. I started to go, and uh, we were up in Montreal. A buddy of mine, my in fact, my co-pilot, was uh, spent two years in Italy as an exchange guy. And uh, we went for coffee after dinner, and I ordered a um, cappuccino. He says, yeah, you don't do that in Italy. Ca- Cafe Macchiato. Uh-huh. You know, it's like real men don't eat quiche. Uh, real men don't order uh, cappuccino after uh, noon. Cafe Macchiato. So just thought I'd pass that along if any of you're traveling to Italy. Sorry. No, that's, hey, listen, that's good advice. Men don't do it. Women can. Men don't. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah, it's just not part of the thing. Huh. I like that. I love learning that stuff. That's so awesome. That's good. That's good. All right. If you want to send in uh, comments, maybe you're a consultant and you want to follow up on our request earlier in the show, or you have a question of your own or a tip or something to add uh, to what we've said here, Feedback at MacGeekGab.com is the address to which you can send all of that stuff. Please. And you know, there's one time I'm going to listen to what Dave said, which is that you should send an email to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I'm sending one now to feedback at MacGeekGab.com. We appreciate that. Uh, and and if you are someone who is a premium MacGeekGab supporter, you can use the premium at MacGeekGab.com address. And if you're not and are interested, uh, visit MacGeekGab.com. We'll tell you all about it there. But uh, we certainly appreciate everything you do, whether you're a premium listener. We certainly appreciate you. Um, and even uh, even the, those of you that, that aren't and, and, and or can't be or don't want to be, uh, it's all part of it's all you're all part of the family. So um we, we, we love you all. It's awesome. You can call us. Anybody can call us. 206-666-GEEK, which John is? 4335. 4335. That's right. And uh, com, as I mentioned, is is also where you'd find the lovingly handcrafted show notes that uh, that John puts some spit and polish on every week, which I certainly appreciate. I'd spit on them. It's gross. No, no well, you, you polish them after you I do. I do polish them, yes. Yeah, that's right. So, Tell them about the Twitters, John. Uh, yeah, it's this thing called Twitter. And uh, there are a number of people on Twitter. I'm on there as John F. Braun. He's on there as Dave Hamilton. He's on there as Pilot Pete. The podcast is Mac Geek Gab, and the publication is Mac Observer, all on Twitter.com. Awesome. And uh, if you're on Facebook, facebook.com slash MacGeekGab, you can like us there and you'll see when we publish events for the upcoming shows. Uh, if you're on Google+, Plus, uh, it's plus.google.com slash plus MacGeekGab podcast. And you can also join our Google Plus community. Some great discussion out there. That's actually a true blast. Awesome. And, uh, and if you want to join us for the stream, uh, each typically each Sunday, that's MacGeekGab.com slash stream. And with that, John, it's time. Time to head into wrap-up mode here, which uh, which is good. Gives me a bit of the afternoon with the family before I have to head back to the theater here. Uh, if you're in the New Hampshire Seacoast, come check out Next to Normal. These these the cast that I'm working with here is uh, it's amazing. It's top notch. They uh, these people deserve to be making I'm sure far more than they than they are and uh, in a and uh, and they deserve lots of love. It, it's they blow me away. Every night, I find myself in tears uh, when I'm supposed to be playing at the end of the show. So, it's good stuff. Uh, but I do want to thank Michael Johnston for taking this show and converting it into AAC, adding all those chapters. We love you for that, Michael. Thank you. 
Uh, he uh, also makes the We Have Communicators podcast as well as getapplur.com. So check all of that out. We also love the folks at Cashfly, C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com. They provide the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Without them, we couldn't get it to you as quickly as we do. So always be sure to thank them. They're at Cashfly on Twitter if you want to say hello. As we mentioned, the podcast marketplace includes lots of stuff. BB Edit and Yojimbo from Barebone Software. Text Expander, PDF Pen from Smile. Gazelle.com, as we mentioned. Squarespace, the code MGG. Of course, Lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A.com slash MGG. And Connected Data, the Drobo folks, with the file transporter. Check that out, too. All through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. Folks, I, I have two pieces of advice uh, for you as we, as we, uh, you know, uh, as we sign off here. But number one, don't do anything I wouldn't do. Number two, don't get caught. Made up.